Hello and welcome to the Drink In, Geek Out podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. You are listening to episode number 107, Ghostbusters. Featuring 450 North Beer Juice Busters (laughs) and New Holland's Dragon Milk Reserve. And we also have a bonus beer. (laughs) Taxman's. It's not up there. Taxman's. What's it called? Uh, Pineapple Sour (laughs) Spinoff. That was very professional. Yes. With your hosts, Dustin, Saf, Keith, and that's it. Yeah, we, um, if you noticed, we cut Pale completely out. <laughs> yes. If there's any lull, like break, that's where Pale was. <laughs> All right, how are you guys doing? Uh, fantastic. Great. That's good. All right, that was our first uh, dry run at an intro. Yeah, very uh, dry. We, <laughs> we, uh, we decided that we're going to like live those every, every time. Just, you know, not have a prefab right. intro to toss in there. So... It's going to get worse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe it'll get better with the more beer we have. Ooh, maybe. That is true. Maybe. So episode six in the day, we'll be like, hey, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> beer. <laughs> All right. So we are doing the Ghostbusters. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters 1, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 2, mm-hmm. and answer the call. And the, the real, real Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, the TV series. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I have my gripes with the TV series, but we'll get there. (laughs) All right, so to get us started, we are going to talk about the numeral uno, and it was released in June 8th, 1984. Were any of you alive then? Nope. 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 Before our time. Yeah, not even close. Not for me, a few years off. All right, I guess... uh... Everybody knows the plot, but I'll read it real quick. Okay. After the members of a team of scientists, Held Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, lose their cushy positions at <laughs> you like cushy. How I said that <laughs> cushy positions at a university in New York City, they decide to become Ghostbusters in quotes to wage a high tech battle with the supernatural for money. They stumble upon a gateway to another dimension, a doorway that will release evil upon the city. The Ghostbusters must now save New York from complete destruction. Director Ivan Reitman. Those box office numbers are pretty cool. Yeah. Is that that's just while they were in the theater, right? Yeah, the original run, they made yeah. two hundred and twenty nine million. million. Yeah. So nowadays that would be what? Like six hundred million? Yeah. Six hundred thirty one roughly with inflation. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Move aside, Incredibles. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah, that's that's why they like became a franchise because that's huge numbers. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's like that's record setting. Mm-hmm. Not really, but that's uh, now movies make like a billion dollars every summer, but Yeah. Right. That isn't that is crazy. for like a comedy back in the eighties. That's right. Well, I mean it's the the comedy and it's, was, kind of, it's like a comedy action movie yeah yeah and a horror say, it's is, definitely different but i feel like 
back in the 80s, that's what it was. You know, mm-hmm. like you had comedy films, but it was still something of substance. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you have movies like 21 Jump Street or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that that are supposed to be actiony. They're just dumb comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So. And with the star power, I mean, Bill Murray, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, huge. they were huge back in the day. So. Just coming off of the, the 70s, 80s. Yeah, SNL. And Bill Murray had a couple movies out already. Mm-hmm. So this movie was in development for a while. Originally, it was Dan Aykroyd's concept because he was fascinated with paranormal. Still is. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever seen that's he's cool. got weird like ancient alien shows and stuff. He's, no, I didn't know that. He's kind of going off the deep end, I think. <laughs> but um, back then, he was a little bit more normal. He conceived as a vehicle for himself and fellow SNL alum John Belushi. Hmm. Uh, the original story was written by Aykroyd was very different from what was eventually filmed. In the original version, a group of ghost mashers traveled through time, space, and other dimensions, combating huge ghosts, of which Stay Puft Marshmallow was one of them. Hmm. Um, They wore SWAT-like outfits and used wands instead of proton packs to fight the ghosts. There are some... Uh, like sketches of this that he I don't know if he made them or what like in his first draft he's that's how we know what they were wearing because he drew it out hmm. um, in addition to a, a similar title the movie shares the premise of professional exterminators on a paranormal mission with the Bowery Boys slapstick comedy spook busters in hmm. 1946 as well as the 1937 Disney short Lonesome Ghost. Lonesome Ghost includes the line, I ain't scared of no ghost. <laughs> That's cool. Didn't know that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the logo for the, uh, the Ghostbusters, the ghost with the circle with the red yeah. X through there, was actually a copyright issue with Casper. Oh. Because uh, I did hear that. Fatso, mm-hmm. uh, it looks exactly like that ghost. Yeah, it does. There's, there's some uh, lawsuits about that. Which also may come up in a later episode because I have something about uh, Casper for Answer the Call. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, a little Easter egg. A little. I do have an Easter oh, Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, according to Bernie Bil- Brillstein, Aykroyd's longtime manager, the first version of the script consists of 60 pages, plot outlines, scene sketches, and bits of dialogue closer to a treatment than an actual script. Brillstein thought Aykroyd's script had potential, but the concept for bought the concept for one dollar as a, in a symbolic gesture to represent Aykroyd in subsequent negotiations. Aykroyd next pitched the story to Ivan Reitman, who liked the basic idea, but ultimately in, immediately saw the budgetary impracticality of what he had in his first draft. Um, at Reitman's suggestion, Aykroyd and Ramis dramatically rewrote the screenplay during a three-week stay in Martha's Vineyard Bomb Shelter in May and June of 1982. That's interesting because if he did that today, I mean, it would be cheap because of yeah. the technology, but back then... They could eas- probably make his original Yeah, they could idea. do that right now easily. And Somebody could on their home computer. That'd so. be, I would like to see it, actually. That would I be mean, pretty cool. It's probably freaking crazy and off the walls, but yeah. it'd still be interesting to see. Uh I don't, I don't know if I'd want to watch it. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound fun to me. Just I don't know. So I like time travel. Like so time travel, time travel. Time travel. Yeah. Uh, fighting different, different ghosts dimensions. with little Harry Potter wands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what's going to lose me. Yeah. <laughs> if they keep the proton packs and like, the outfits. Yeah. Maybe. 
All right, for casting, Aykroyd and Ramis initially wrote roles, especially for Belushi and John Candy. However, Belushi died before the screenplay was completed, and Candy would not commit to this project. So, Aykroyd and Ramis made further changes that were reflected in the film's production. Candy would later appear in a music video for the theme song. Hmm. Louis Tully was originally conceived as a conservative man in a business suit to be played by comedian John Candy. But Rick Moranis instead portrayed Lewis as a geek. Hey, one of us. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Rick Moranis for president. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gozer was originally to appear in the form of Ivo Shandor, a slender, unremarkable man in a suit played by Paul Rubens. <laughs> However, cool. the role ultimately went to Yugoslav model Slavica Jovan. Or Jovan. Jovan, yeah. Jovan, yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens, uh, he was making his way around movies in this time. Yeah, yeah. he was like Pee Wee Herman had, I think, just like hit big at the round. Yeah, in this time, and then in, in the nineties, he was big in the Tim Burton movies. Yeah, yep. So good man. According to Ernie Hudson, an earlier version of the script had his character Winston in a larger role with an elaborate backstory as an Air Force demolitions expert. Excited by the party, agreed to uh, to the job for half his usual salary. The night before shooting began, he was given a new script with a greatly reduced role. Redman told the studio he wanted to expand Murray's role. Speculation is that the role was originally meant for Eddie Murphy, and when Ernie Hudson was cast to the character's role, was or yeah, when he was cast to the character's role, was drastically changed. Yeah. Wow. Eddie this Murphy, would have been a completely yeah, different movie. <laughs> it would have been. I think it would have been like an Eddie Murphy movie. He was doing Beverly Hills Cop at this time, at so time. he could not be in but Ghostbusters. Man, having Belushi and Candy, Eddie Murphy, all that. Uh, yeah. Just, oh my gosh, it would just be wow. Have him doing time travel. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> yeah, wearing SWAT outfits. All right, to finish up the cast, we had Bill Murray as uh, Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stantz. Sargoni Weaver as a bombshell. <laughs> yeah. Dana Barrett, if I was in the 80s, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Hell Ramis as Egon Spengler. Rick Moranis as Lewis Tolley. Ernie Hudson as Winston Zedmore. Annie Potts as Janine Melnitz. I don't know if they ever said her last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the first so. time I've ever heard it. Uh, William Atherton as Walter Peck. And David... Margiles as Lenny Clotch. Who is Walter oh. Peck? He Walter. is the asshole EPA guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the yeah, bad yeah, guy yeah, in like every yeah, 80s yeah, movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Then I don't show know what me, happened to him. Show me the thing. He got blown up. No, I mean, like, in real uh, life. Like, oh. He was in the 80s. He was in, like, every movie as, yeah. like, the asshole. But I haven't oh. seen him since then. Well, he did get blowed up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I hopefully no he didn't get blown up in real life. Oh, yeah. Hopefully not in RL. That would be sad. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Dana Barrett for a moment. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Then we got, um, Bill Murray creeping on her the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this would not last yeah. these days. Yeah, his character does not hold up. Like, even like that first scene where he's like shocking the dude to impress the girl in that like psych experiment. Yeah. Yeah. You have ESP. Wow. <laughs> I just, I'm just so gifted. <laughs> the kid gets it right and he gets shocked. Still yeah. gets shocked, yeah. It's pointless, which I can see why he was thrown out of the, the university. university. Yeah. 
being funded to do stuff and he's not, you know, producing anything because who would with those results? How could you publish with, you know, crap stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the whole Gozer scene, uh, well, well, not just the end. I'm thinking the, well, I'm thinking Zol maybe the the getting Mm -hmm. ready to the Gozer Mm -hmm. scene. So you have all those, the sightings, the, the, the refrigerator at first, yeah. the closet door, the, the like, abduction. Uh, Rick Moranis becomes a dog. Yes. That dog always scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Right? That's the scariest thing in this movie, I think, is that evil dog chasing him around. It's still scary with that animation or yeah. really piss poor technology that they used to yeah. make it with. That's what I mean, it's, so it still looks good, but. Yeah. I mean, obviously not anywhere compared to today's standards. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, it's a little freaky. So, and yeah. the Marshmallow Man looks good. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> It was awesome. I thought it looked better in this film than he does in a later film. Yeah, he looks more like a cartoon in the newest one. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, Slimer, just <laughs> like yeah. a cameo, basically. Yeah, yeah. like five minutes. Like <laughs> I in- completely forgot about. It. I thought he was in the movie longer, but yeah, I'm like, oh wow, he was, he's like, just becomes part of the franchise in the cartoon. In the cartoon, I'm like, well, that's right. He's really not even a character. He's just like no. a goofy looking dude or monster or whatever. Yeah, his uh. His cameo in Ghostbusters Answer the Call is, is longer, longer yes, than, <laughs> than his screen time in the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. And he's got like a family in that movie. <laughs> he does. He's <laughs> <laughs> a whole well-rounded character. Right. And not just a hot dog-eating monster. Who it was originally called Onion Head in this movie. He wasn't called Slimer until much later. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Hot dog head. <laughs> Very... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know why onion head just because he looks onion like an head. onion. He's uh, he never eats onions. He eats hot dogs. Right, it's so weird. That is very weird. Uh, I didn't like their business model as the Ghostbusters threatening the employee. <laughs> yeah, like people yes. With if oh if you you know you're not going to pay us what it's worth we'll just for re- the damages we'll just release it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they like destroyed that uh, courtroom or like at the beginning. Well, yeah, it's kind of like in the middle. I think. Yeah. They did just, yeah, the, the court. Or is the courtroom the second movie? Yeah, the courtroom's the second movie. Mm-hmm. It was a, the library is Lib- the first movie. It was a ballroom. Ballroom. Yeah. The ballroom. They didn't destroy the library. The library happened when they found the uh, what, stage five clinger or whatever they called it. Yeah, the, the old lady no, in the library. No, that lady scared the shit out of me, too. Yeah. Oh, scared the shit out of me <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> kind of freaked me the fuck out. And they got slimed. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's been a couple of years since I watched it, actually. Yeah, and I always watched the second one was on TV a whole bunch when I was younger, so I watched mm-hmm. that one a lot more. I think the first one has uh, oh man, now I'm gonna sound stupid because I can't remember his name. The dude from the main guy from porn, like the fatter dude. Oh, uh, wow! <laughs> I, it was uh, on the tip of my tongue until I started talking, and then I was like, nope, lost. Yeah, me. it's uh, Jeremy. Um, oh my. I don't want to Google it. <laughs> yeah. um, fat man from porn. Uh, I don't. No, I don't want to look up fat man porn. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, you have a safe, safe oh, search. Safe search. It's Jerry or Jeremy or something. I don't know. Um, I know it. I know it. I know it because he's in Boondog Saints. Yes. Ron Jeremy. Ron, Ron Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh, okay. That's why I couldn't find his last name. Okay. Clearing my history. 
Yeah, Alice is going to be like, what? fat man porn. I just wrote Jerry porn, and it gave Jerry me some porn. weird side I'm not going to go back to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do oh. apologize ahead of time. I don't remember seeing him in there. He's in the crowd at the very end, like outside, oh, like like behind the barricade. If you know he's there, it's like the only thing you can see the next time you watch the movie because he's just like the front and center guy, man, just like go as a background right extra. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I guess he was the height of the times back then, yeah. so he yeah. can do what he want. Yeah, I thought that... I definitely noticed when I watched it again, just just recently, how little uh, Ernie Hudson's role was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... In both movies. Yes. Yeah. I and I liked his character. Yeah, no, I thought Winston's character... I mean, other than the second one where he was a little bit more involved, he still wasn't included. Mm-hmm. In the courtroom... Yeah, he basically, I just got hired. I wasn't yeah, was yeah. part of this. I don't know. I don't know nothing, you know? And then <laughs> he didn't end up having to face any type of whatever, which I don't blame him. I would have done the same shit. Yeah. If, you know, I joined a company and shit went down, I just joined. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. responsible for this. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't, so, I'm not even fully trained. Yeah. I don't even, I just, I just work for him. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Uh, <laughs> I did like Annie Potts. Character. She's great. Yes, As the secretary. Mm-hmm. Always the uh, Ghostbusters. What <laughs> yeah. do you want? Her voice. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's once you know the story, then every movie of the Ghostbusters is going to be the same yeah, plot. You know, there's not much to do with it than what they did in the first movie, right? Because I just retread it in all three movies. Mm-hmm. Or, well, the two sequels, I would say. Or I don't even know. Is the third one a sequel? No, it's basically like a, a re- remake. Make. A reboot <laughs> yeah. make. Yeah. It would be neat, I think, if that one was a sequel. Yeah. And, you know, the cameos would have been the actual old right. characters. Instead and... of just like, oh, the char- or the guy's here, but it's a different character now. Yeah, like, so I'm It like, takes place in an alternate that, universe That kind of or something. ruined that for me. I know we're not on the we'll third one yet, that, but, but anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think like how they did kind of extend it into the second one, you know, okay, we got rid of one ghost, but mm-hmm. of course there's this whole other realm to explore, which is what I think Ackroyd's first vision was, Yeah, that we could jump from place to place and there's random ghosts. I mean, you could continue to expand it, but then it would get away from, I don't, it would be something completely different, yeah. not like, okay, ghosts are in real life, now we're expanding into multiple universes <laughs> yeah, and going, time periods. Go through and, the fridge into that portal or whatever that opens. Yeah. In her apartment and explore what's in there. That's what they would do in today's <laughs> sequel. Yeah. If they did a sequel to the Lady Ghostbusters. Yeah. Which is a possibility. Mm-hmm. It did pretty good. I mean, it people hated on it because it, it was women for some reason. Like, it got a bunch of backlash for that, but right. we'll get to that too. Okay. Well, any uh, any other remarks for this film? No, nope. classic. It's, it's great. It still holds up for the most part. It's still fun to watch. Yeah, I'd watch. Uh, I'd watch again. I watched it again. <laughs> I'd, watch, I'd still watch it again. Yep. I mean, I'm still still a fan of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, you know, like Conehead's one of my favorite oh, yeah. classic movies. Spaceballs with. Uh, uh, Rick Moranis, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Oh, the Shrunk the Kids franchise. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to really talk about that, but... <laughs> I do love those movies. Yeah, they're they're good, but... The first three of them. Yeah. <laughs> the first three. Then they start doing some weird stuff, but let's have some beer. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. I like beer. Yeah, initially, or when we started the episode, we announced what it was, 
So our end beer for today is the 450 North Juice Busters. Heyo. <laughs> yeah, judging by the name, we picked it for this episode. Yeah, we picked this episode for this beer. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we had the beer first. I'm like, let's do a Ghostbusters episode. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to pouring. Yeah. Juice Busters is a DDH dipper with mosaic, galaxy, and citra hops. Coming in at 8% ABV. And IBUs are not available. We'll have to make it up like at this current do. time. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll throw in a number. Yeah, we just we have our IBU ranking, right? We should have a geeky one. Like <laughs> how we bitter should, something is versus on the scale of Yoda's bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's <laughs> pretty bitter. I hope not. I hope this is not Yoda's bathwater. <laughs> can the can though? It's like a Nickelodeon splat. It does, but green. The Definitely Slimer looking. You got slimer. oozed! <laughs> yes. It's the Ecto Cooler. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Ecto. Ecto Green. <laughs> if we had a... I guess we have do not have a number on the can, so it's Ecto 450. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but very, very basic with the just the slime that gets, like, darker as you get in towards the middle. Yeah. Yeah, once you're in... Yeah. And the uh, Juice Busters is all... Like boogers. To boogers. Like boogers. Big sneeze. Hopefully this doesn't taste like boogers. No. <laughs> doesn't or smell like slime. boogers. No, it doesn't. It Simple smells, design, but it's pretty cool. Smells fantastic, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man. Smell all those dry hops. I could smell all the hops. There's a <laughs> galaxy, citra, <laughs> mosaic. Ah, there it is. <laughs> a little mosaic. <laughs> there it is. Oh, I always laugh at like shows and they're like yeah, this uh, I can smell. This has a this, piney resin. Has yeah. This has the. This is definitely the galaxy hop. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Shut up, man. No, no you don't. <laughs> you no, have no. a cheat sheet in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. You read that. <laughs> you like, read that somewhere. S- scratch and sniff stickers with all the different hops. Like, <laughs> yes, this is definitely that one. It's like Alex Trebek. <laughs> you have it on a card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder how much he actually knows <laughs> Jeopardy. Is yeah. he that smart or is he... Um... It's all written on that little card. He probably memorizes all those cards all the time. So He's genius and, pro player in yeah. trivia. I want Chalix Trebek on my team. Chalix. 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 Okay. What color are we looking at? Ooh, I can look at the wall this time. <laughs> to look over your shoulder. Like what, a 14 or a 15? Maybe a 13? Maybe a 13. A little lighter than that, or no? I was thinking like 11. Personally. 11. Let me get to 11 to see if On the ranking scale is... Blanca Shorts? Charizard. Or Blanca. I can see it. I can see that. Yeah, I can see it. I'd go with Blanca. Yeah, the Blanca. At least his hair. Yeah. Yeah. His shorts and his hair are the same color. <laughs> <laughs> his ankle bracelets <laughs> those, those are ankle weights those, ankle are his, those are his pant cuffs, pant cuffs. <laughs> that just stayed on his they, pants after the knees out. yeah the knees and the oh so he's not wearing short calves there thank you those, busted out those pants those used to be pants yeah <laughs> obviously from the cuffs yes <laughs> former blanca pants former blanca blanca <laughs> blanca blanca short alright I'm gonna take a sip oh that's juicy mm-hmm. yeah it is does it say like that this is a New England style, or is it just up to our imagination? It doesn't say it's a New England style. It just says a DIPA, so it's a double IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Beer Advocate says it's Imperial. 
but I guess it's because you know you put in an eight percent. Mm-hmm. It's gonna just make that jumping conclusion. Mm. It's not very like the smell of the hops is really strong, mm-hmm. but I don't like when I'm drinking this. I don't really no, taste it's no juicy. And I mean, kind of sweet. Yeah, I mean, I st- I, like I do it. taste the hops, but it's not. You know, some of the deepas are like, ooh, a hop. It's like they're yeah. stuck in your throat. It's like, oh, I'm just <laughs> like burning your tongue. <laughs> oh, I have some hop in my throat. <laughs> stuck. Yeah. So on the IBUs, I would say like 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. 20 or 25. Uh, if I had to guess. Yeah, definitely low. Our, uh, our nerdy <laughs> IBU scale is I'm drinking Tropicana orange juice. There we go. <laughs> yeah. No pulp. <laughs> Not this one. This one doesn't have pulp in it. We've had ones that did have yeah. pulp in yes. it. Yes. <laughs> little floaties in there. I mean, it's nothing wrong with floaties, but. No, but this is a lot smoother in the yeah. blend and not, you yeah. know, those floaty, chunky hops that get caught in your throat. Right. Definitely not nugget. So nuggets will be like the pulp. Yeah. Uh, BA says it is a 4.23 out of 5, but there's only been 10 ratings. Uh, and only two reviews. I, I guarantee they just said, oh, had it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poured into a wine glass. You shut your mouth. That's not how you drink beer. <laughs> Ray Beer does have it listed as a hazy New England style. Yeah. There's only four ratings. And um, so it's not going to have the overall score and whatnot. But the average is 3.34 out of five, which I think is wrong. I would give it more than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one comment. Who are you going to call? Juice Busters! <laughs> I feel you, fam. That's pretty good. That was, what, a month ago? August, no, almost two months ago. It was August 3rd is when that comment was put down. Which is a week after I went and had it. I was going to say, time. I have one friend that checked in. Oh, yeah, just sitting right here. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I lied to you all. <laughs> yeah. I did drink this. <laughs> You're the one that told me to buy it. I did. I did. I did. Untapped overall out of 1,215 ratings, coming in at a 4.10, 4.1. Did we do point ones on scales? I, I guess. Know. Maybe it changed. Uh, so a 4.1. Most of the rankings that came in on Untapped are obviously out of the can because 450 North does a huge yeah, canning can business. Only 68 people had it on draft. Interesting. Who uses Untapped? I'm sure that's right. numbers <laughs> much greater, but... About 784 can check-ins with that. Yeah, they've, they've had cans available for a while. Like, they released, um, when did you have it, Dustin? I had it in July. day after my birthday. It was in August when I had it. No, your check-in was in July. Wait, wait, wait. wait. July 28th. Was, oh, that's the, the guy's weekend when I went. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't on my birthday. It was a couple weeks before my birthday is when I went. Yeah, and I think they still have cans of it. So I don't know if it's something they do often or if they just had a huge stockpile of them but i think even like a couple weeks ago when i went there they still had cans left yeah i feel like they're not super well known yet Mm -hmm. that when they make their non-small batch uh versions yeah then they end up having like a surplus that makes sense because people go for the nuggets Mm -hmm. or the slushies Mm -hmm. and you don't really you don't really hear people are like oh my gosh they're the bouncy castle. Yeah, the yeah. bouncy castle or this or the piece of cake. You know, yeah. They're not like super well known, but those are all fantastic. Yeah, they take just good as good, beers. if not better sometimes, than some of the nuggets. Right. I was actually thinking about sending a couple 
of the non-nugget beers to another podcast mm-hmm. to see if we can get a mention. That'd be cool. Yeah. Because um, they're really big in Texas. Good little shout out. Yeah, see if they can shout us out. Shameless plug, see if that <laughs> happens. I doubt it. But overall, I mean, this is pretty solid. I think this is better out of the can than, than I remember. Than draft. Hmm. It might have been really or good on draft, but maybe I think I had a taster of it. What did you have? Was this your first beer of the day? or mm-hmm. See, that's the thing, too. My first beer was the Platinum Nugget. Yeah, so having it after that, that's going to yeah. real fuck Ooh. you up because, like, yeah. the alcohol in that, <laughs> and it's going to get hard to notice, like, the subtleties of this beer yeah. after drinking something like that. That's what I noticed when we did that. Um, we tasted all those different mm-hmm. Nugget-style beers, the New England-style. It's like they all tasted the same yeah. because that's what your palate mm-hmm. was used to. I we mean, started with you... the Platinum Nuggets, and then we had, like, four other ones. And... So they were all good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm ready to go if you guys are. Yeah, I can give her a little check in here. I gotta pull it up. I'm I'm pulling a pail right now. Get All right, there. I'll pull you guys and I'll go ahead and start this oh my show. God, he's ready. Well, since I'm in charge of Untap now, it's <laughs> yeah, already open already and ready to go. So go for it. All right, I gave this a four and a half. I really enjoy it with the juiciness. I I love this style. And the hot burn is what really turns me off on a lot of mm-hmm. them, like with the nuggets and the the chunkies and the floaties. Uh, but this just goes down smooth. It's so juicy. I like juice, mm-hmm. um, but it's still hoppy enough to to drink. But since the hop isn't so overpowering, I could easily like you know slam this yeah. very very quickly. Juicy, um, juicy, juicy, juicy. So juicy. I think is my comment. I put <laughs> so juicy. Um, but yeah, just the juice, it smooths it out for me. It's, uh, no floaties. It just, it goes down smooth and that's just my favorite style. I like more juice in it versus the over hoppiness. Yeah, so that's why I, I gave it a four and a half. And, um, some of their other beers where they're like 12% alcohol, those are hard mm-hmm. to drink too. Cause you get the burn from the hops cause they triple hopped it yeah. and then you get the burn from the alcohol. But this one is kind of a great combination of where it's like a medium amount of alcohol and just the right amount of hops. Yep. So I agreed with you. I gave it a four and a half. Um, basically, just because it's so juicy and like there's no bitterness to it. It's Mm-mm. like drinking something really delicious and juicy and not having to like brush your teeth afterwards or whatever <laughs> to get the bitterness off your palate. <laughs> I wish I would have waited to check it in until I heard you guys say it. <laughs> I initially gave it a four. And it's probably because I had it on ta- just It was on tap, which is probably better. But I had a, like a little taster of it. I don't think I had a full pour. And it was after my second or my third platinum nugget. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. my, my taste buds are probably shot from <laughs> that nugget beer. So I did up up it here. This is fantastic, but I, I didn't feel it was like me worth jumping up a bunch. So I only knocked it up a tick. Quarter. Sure. So I'm at four and a quarter. Uh, it is really solid, and I probably would go back and I would have another, like another one at you know yeah. if I go to there, I'm not going to hesitate to order. It. Mm-hmm. There's some place. There's like some places I go where it's like, oh, I'm only interested in. Having limited releases, or mm-hmm. I'm interested in only you know, that something new every time. Like, yeah. Right. This is going to be one of their staples for me. Yeah, I'd easily go back to this again and again. Yeah, especially when, like I said earlier, it's not well like one of those nugget beers that, uh, 
everyone is interested in. This is like the redheaded stepchild cousin, you know, it's it's there and it's good and it's not one that's everyone's like super purchasing. So when they do have a to release, fight people for it. Yeah, when they do mm-hmm. release something like this, it's not a nugget beer. It, we have a high, you know, likely likelihood of being able to get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would love to try an undraft. I know you guys have more easily <laughs> accessible yep. for you, but this would definitely be one I would well, seek it out. Is on our list, when you come visit yeah. for us mm-hmm. to go down, it's an hour south of us. Still worth it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. They always have fantastic stuff and food. If you are looking for more beer podcasts just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Pacific Beer Chat brings together a collective of West Coast beer bloggers sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted brews. We hope you will check out the podcast at PacificBeerChat.com and at Pacific Beer Chat on social media and podcast apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Music is by Conundrum. Welcome to Pacific Beer Chat. All right, Ghostbusters 2 is another movie. In the Ghostbusters franchise. <laughs> uh, release day, June 16th, 1989. Ooh, we were alive this we, time. Yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I did like about this movie and the last movie is they actually told you when it started that it was five years later. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like... You didn't just, have to figure it out. <laughs> it, was, or that, it wasn't just like... A, 1989. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a made-up time frame mm-hmm. between the movies it was literally five years from after the first one ended. yeah right. so that was i think that was one of my favorite parts about it and it just started <laughs> like yeah. it was right when it happened oh good hey look at that all right you want me to Go for do it. this one? All right. After saving New York City from a ghost attack, the Ghostbusters, a team of spirit exterminators, is disbanded for demolishing parts of the city during the battle. But when Ghostbuster Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, learns that spirits have taken an interest in his son, the men launch a rogue ghost-chasing mission. The quest quickly goes awry, landing them in court. But when the ghosts turn on the judge, he issues an order allowing the Ghostbusters to get back to work. Director again, Ivan Reitman, Reitman, and the box office numbers a little bit lower this time. <laughs> Quite, a <bit. laughs> Quite a bit lower, coming in at $112 million. All right, so first mistake. It's not his son. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's her, his her, girlfriend's son. Yeah, yeah, it's her son with the musician dude. Yeah. That went back to a cello, I think it was. World-renowned, I think so... so. Not his son. Thanks. <laughs> Eventually, maybe. Adopted son? <laughs> Adopted son. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like the um I like the, the courthouse scene. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the cool. very memorable scene. That's what why it was stuck in my head from the first movie. But yeah, it's from this movie. The the part that always bothered me with this, and I know we brought this up, I know Nathaniel had this issue like with Independence Day. It's like everyone saw that you know, the ghosts and everything else, yet they still think they're nuts. Yeah. Go, oh, these guys are crazy. These ghosts don't. I'm like, 
Where were you five years ago? When I Marshmallow mean, Man Marshmallow was marching, man down, was down, marching down the city. There's a freaking monster in there. Oh, this guy makes his stuff up. Like, what? You forgot you about it already. Me? Like, they make fun of the Independence Day, the guy who gets abducted uh, by aliens. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, we're crazy. all dying from aliens. Aliens are here. <laughs> you got abducted. Right you're still making fun of him for being abducted. <laughs> it's like, give me a break. I'm like, where the hell was everybody? Why yeah. do they think they're so crazy? But anyway, right. those things just bother me a little bit right. <laughs> watching movies. Um,. The they build a, they dig a tunnel or they dig down oh, below the subway yeah because mm-hmm. of the ooze so first you see the ooze seeping out mm-hmm. and it gets on the carriage and then a ghost takes the carriage for a nice ride yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the baby decides to walk on a ledge and get kidnapped uh, <laughs> <laughs> by a ghost <laughs> yeah and the slime or sludge or whatever it's called in the movie is created because new yorkers have are like so cynical such bad attitudes mm-hmm. that it's causing this to bubble up from underneath which i thought that was cool yeah to tie into like new yorkers are assholes and like <laughs> yes that's the cause of the problem it, it was kind of cliche though but i do agree with mm-hmm. it yeah um yeah mcgurdy hudson was a big part in this movie mm-hmm big part <laughs> with quotations yeah <laughs> bigger part maybe yeah the the i guess the more iconic part was him getting hit by the train yeah mm-hmm. um you, it kind of just drives right through him you just kind of remember that scene yeah but that's about it for ernie hudson mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> i don't yeah i can't think of any lines he's said in the movie or anything yeah, i don't remember <laughs> other than the the train part yeah yeah that's just like him screaming <laughs> Right. Nobody. Yeah, it's weird. Like to your point, like nobody trusts them. But I'm like, there's shit happening. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, back to Ernie Hudson. That toaster is more memorable. Than oh Ernie Hudson. yeah, <laughs> that one that's like dancing. Oh, <laughs> like, I forgot about that. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the ooze, they put the, they put it in the toaster. Yeah, yes. they drip the ooze inside the toaster, and then and they, they sing music it. to it, yeah. and then it starts like popping and dancing. So, yeah, they, <laughs> they also made. Uh, explicit innuendo type of joke about loving. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Harold Ramis is like, it's for science. <laughs> <laughs> I could never tell if he's joking. Yeah. yeah. Or if he's serious. <laughs> That's why he's great in this movie, even though he's got like one line. Um, and then there's the, I can't think of the name, but the painting, the, the main bad guy. The main oh, bad guy. Yeah. Ugly looking dude. Yeah. Angry looking guy. His name Zool. 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 No, that's Zool the, the actual. Yeah, Gozer. Gozer. That's Gozer the first one too. <laughs> it's a name like that though. Yeah, it was uh, Vigo. Vigo. Vigo von Hamburg uh, Deutschenhof, also known as Vigo the Carpathian. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he uh, possesses that one guy who was in. Oh, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was yeah. in Numbers, the TV mm-hmm. show. He was in a lot of different shows. He was also in Agents of Shield. Oh, that's yeah. right. Pulling up IMDb right now. He's in the Mr. Bean movie, the first Mr. Bean yeah. movie. Of course, all the pictures are Sigourney Weaver. Thank you. <laughs> he did do a good job because I've never seen him play that you know type of role yeah. before. After going back and revisiting this movie, I'm like, oh yeah, he's been in a lot. I'm like, wow, he did a good job with this accent. And, yeah, you know, yeah. playing. Yeah. That I thought that was his real like yeah. when I watched it as a kid. I was like, oh, this is this weird guy, <laughs> Peter <laughs> McNico. Yeah, Nicole is his name. He played Doctor Janos uh, Poha. Doctor Janos Janos Poha. 
Yeah, he has a weird ass name, but it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his fatuation with her, um, of course, is the '80s, so she's the hottest thing to yeah. hit the theaters. Uh, but really rapey. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, very much so. <laughs> like again, another film that wouldn't fly no, no. today. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> guess it's accurate for the time though yeah probably (laughs) oh we're gonna kidnap the kid and then we're going to convert it to you and then you're gonna force her to marry me and we're gonna be happy forever yeah Yeah. she's gonna end up killing you man take those heels off and smash you in the face (laughs) with them stiletto to the eye yep another character that had more of a role in this film than ernie hudson was the Baby. Love the baby, yeah. the baby for sure. Was it Oscar? And, yeah, Oscar. Oscar. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Janine and Lewis. Yeah, oh, yeah. They have like the little thing going, don't they? Yeah, yeah the, babysitting. They babysitting and, then, and making yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I forgot great. about that. It's very uh, weird. <laughs> it yeah. is. I mean, I get it as a couple, but as soon as she, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Dana get back. They just don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> right. She got back early. Thanks, guys. You can leave. Oh, no. We'll no, stick around. And yeah. then they continue. He's always so weird. Make anyway. some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it is pretty good. That was really good. Yeah, baby Oscar. William T. Deutschen. <laughs> okay. That's weird. Is that the baby's name? Yeah, William T. Deutschendorf. Another baby Oscar is Henry J. George Kenarf II. Oh, that must have been twins. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, full, full that's house. weird because that was the name <laughs> I was of... Sweet Life. <laughs> Deutschendorf was they played two the name of the Vigo, the Carpathian. That's what I thought. That's why I was yeah. like, okay, that's that's where they got the name from? The, the baby? The actor that played the baby? Maybe, because <laughs> it's supposed to be the baby. That's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> And what the hell's up with the 80s shows casting twins to play babies yeah. so they can switch them in and out? Because uh, child labor laws, you, they can only work for four hours or whatever, so they, and they switch, though? Yeah. Put That's one, why they had two Michelles. Put uh, one down for a nap, and uh-huh. then, yeah. So they, so they bring the other one bring out, the other one and out. no one will know. They, yeah, it was all child labor laws. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The worst thing to happen to the workforce. <laughs> if it weren't for the spaghetti, was it the Spicoli brothers or the Spaghetti brothers? <laughs> Spaghetti brothers. Spaghetti uh, brothers. Ruining the court scene. I think I think Lewis totally would have been hammered um, by the other lawyer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are making this up. <laughs> um, gotta watch out. The thing's bubbling, sir. Yeah. <laughs> bubbling. Watch out. Yeah. The more angry you get, the more it bubbles. Um just to jump to the end, because we've been talking a while, the Statue of Liberty scene yeah. oh, is yeah. like the most iconic thing from the whole it's movie. so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> they just need something big to walk down the street again, like the marshmallow man. Yep. So. Right. We need to play music and get all the New Yorkers happy. No, you're probably pissing a lot of people <laughs> you're off by yeah. people with the Statue of Liberty. I know. It's like you crushed so many cop cars <laughs> and stepped on people. And be like, yeah, it's the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Woo, New York. Like, what? <laughs> Quiet down. <laughs> Try to sleep over here. Jump. Um, and of course, 
Lewis Tully thinking he saved the day. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> he's like the one guy standing outside shooting the side the of the beam, building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it breaks up. He's like, oh, I'm a Ghostbuster. Crowd cheers for him. He's like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's great that they make him more a bigger character, even though it takes away from Hernia Hudson, I feel like. Yeah. But, because he, he does more ghost busting and more lines and has more to do in this movie. Right. I would really love to get a line count uh, and word count of, like, these actors or yeah. whatever. Just to see, like, the load. See who got what, how much, you know, how many loads, lines. I mean, it's just like the a trailer for Captain Marvel. Someone's like... Mm. Yeah, Sam Jackson had 64 lines, and uh, Brie Larson had 34, and it's her movie. I was like, so it's, it's her movie. Yeah, tra- trailer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure by the end of it. Yeah. I mean, you want to make a connection with characters that people already know. Nobody knows Captain Marvel. They know Sam Jackson's character. Exactly. So, oh, let's go watch this. He has two eyes. So. <laughs> yep. Side note. Side note. So overall, I think this one uh, not as good as the first one. Yeah, it retreads a lot of the same plot lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did like the this villain more than Gozer. Yeah, because he's kind of a, a more of a character. He's around more of the movie than just popping at the end and being like inside of other actors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's just sillier. I think. It's yeah, like they it's more it. of a comedy. I yeah. think. Yeah. It is definitely more of a comedy. And that's why I like the first one better. It's an action it's film comedy, not mm-hmm. a comedy that has some action in it. Um, I was trying to look up line counts, and this trivia popped up. Not counting this movie's um, mid- and post credit scenes, Ernie Hudson delivers the final line of both this movie and the original Ghostbusters. So at least he got the final say. got the last word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not bad. I'll take that. <clears throat> I don't remember the post-credit scene or anything because I never watched it all the way through the credits. No, were they the first ones to do like post-credit yeah. scenes? <laughs> Interesting. I guess we'll have to look that up later. But first, we should probably drink some more beer. I think so. Yeah, maybe. Um, for our out beer, we have New Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk Reserve Cherry Chocolate. Ooh, cherry chocolate. Bourbon barrel stout. Ooh. Nice. Oh. There's so many words in this. There is. It's a long description. <laughs> okay. Sounds like it's going to be tasty. Let's get to some more pours. Or more pour. <laughs> Whichever works. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at drinkingeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. So this Dragon's Milk Reserve Cherry Chocolate brings two classic flavors together. Chocolate notes paired perfectly with the tartness of cherry will delight your senses. Coming in at a potent 11% ABV and 31 IBU, so not that bitter. But it's bourbon barrel aged, so it'll probably have a burn. Yep. And it is very strong. But that's Dragon's Milk. Yep. So we have a bottle... 
This come in a, came in a bottle, twelve ounce bottle, and there's a. They all have barrels on it, right? I'm just not crazy. The barrel with the dragon on it usually. I think it's only got a barrel because it's bourbon barrel. That Are most sense. of the dragon's milk like bourbon barrel? I don't taste no. like it. <laughs> if the original dragon's milk has it, uh, I guess so. Is the original bourbon barrel too? I have no idea. Uh, the dragon is colored for cherries. It's a little red, maroon looking. Yeah, there's speckles on there to add to the color. So it's pretty cool. You also have, you know, your usual New Holland brewing tag and everything like that. So I think basic bottle, it matches the other one. I mean, there I guess there's some Just color differences and that's about it. Yeah. So I think they redid their labels not too long ago. Because they're all more this universal, the New Holland, yeah. the orange strip up at yeah. top. and They yeah. all have the orange on it somewhere. Um, yeah, so the beer color. Well, this won't be difficult. Yeah, it's probably at the end of the list. Yeah, Dark Knight. Dark Knight it is. <laughs> Hard to get any darker. It really is. Hard to see. Okay. Smell it. Ooh, there's the bourbon. And the cherries. Ooh, cherry bourbon. Funny how that works. <laughs> wow. It smells delightful. Oh, it is. It's... You can smell that alcohol for sure, though. Almost like mm-hmm. a cherry cordial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cherry chocolate. Yeah. I mean, speaking of with the uh, Southern Tier series, I did. Oh, they had a cherry cordial. Mm. Mm. You can find it. It's here in town, so I'm assuming it's an indie. Probably. They come in four packs of like 12 ounce now, so you don't have to buy like a big old bomber of it. Better than the orange? That, orange? No, I, I still would rank <laughs> the orange a little bit higher, but that was damn good. I think I checked that one in. I didn't want to hold on to that one. I'm like, we could do that for an episode, but I no bought idea. one and it will probably be old by the time we get to it. So I'm going to enjoy this one. I got that one in Pittsburgh because I thought it wasn't sold here. I came back into oh, town and of course, hey, there it is. Now you can buy it. All right. I'm going to hurry up and drink this bad boy. Ooh, that's smooth. I was expecting more of a burn. There's Yeah. Like that cherry tartness, I think really helps with that. So the burn Evens it out. There. Yeah. yeah. It definitely doesn't have that milky uh, taste yeah. Yeah. that the dragon's milk usually does have. The original dragon's milk I had, I had to pour it out. I couldn't... But this was back bef- before... Five, seven years ago. <laughs> before we even yeah. conceived a podcast. It was like I had a Keystone and then I drank one of those. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Can't handle things with alcohol and I'll stick with Keystone. Yeah. This is, this is powerful. Yeah. It's very... I mean... Chocolatey taste. Can't taste bourbon barrel part to it. Not really. I can kind of taste the the alcohol behind it, mm-hmm. but it's not burning on the way down. That cherry is really good. Yeah. Mm. Basically, I can smell it, and it tastes like it smells. That's mm-hmm. I always like when that happens. Yeah. That's, that's oh, this smells news. so good, and I'm like, what it taste like? What Why did, is this awful? What did the, what happened? Right. It gives me kind of like the. Like the, I can trust things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause normally if you, if you smell something that's terrible you don't want to eat it hmm. and you end up tasting it, like, oh, that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It lied to you. <laughs> this, it smelled really good. I was just waiting. Yeah. I, I was thought waiting. it was going to burn with that 12% or 11% or whatever we're at. Right. But pretty good. I'll tell you what. I'm trying to let it warm up a little bit to see if yes. that. I feel like that would help. That's why I'm like holding um, it with two hands. <laughs> I was listening that in to. The microwave. Yeah. I was listening to a show that had something similar from Oregon. It was um, 
their stout that was uh <laughs> I think like it was kissing. uh it was a stout it was rum barrel aged chocolate cherry mm-hmm. uh something similar to this and they they hated it <laughs> wow because it was it was so like strong and upfront so I kind of went into this biasly thinking that I might you know hate it too but this is really smooth this is nice this is damn good beer and one of the things they did they warmed it up and one of the one of the people there warmed it up so I guess you guys are on the right track yeah I know stouts are usually a little better at more closer to room temperature. temperature than, yeah, we probably should have pulled this one. I know out a when we bought the other but... beer out, or when we started recording, maybe. But yeah, it's not really staining the cup either. Like when you think of yeah, you know, the alcohol. You know, it's kind of leaving the head and then mm-hmm. and then just slowly going down. But it's not staining the cup. It's not staying there. It's not very viscous or viscous. Viscous. Viscosity is low. I never understood that. If it was high in viscosity or if it was low in viscosity, which one do I want? <laughs> <laughs> Depends. I think the yeah. higher alcohol, usually more it sticks. Yeah. Yep. This just slides right down. Mm-hmm. Probably plastic cup or not, <laughs> but it's <laughs> whatever. It's good. Yeah. The, and the longer I hold it, I think the better it is tasting. Like it smooth evens out more. Mm-hmm. Cause at first, I was noticing a lot of cherry and chocolate. Yeah. But now that's kind of muted as the beer warms up. Well, it. you're supposed to drink stouts at a, uh, yeah. a cellar temperature. Yep. So, I mean, us having it in the refrigerator is probably doing a disservice to us. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, no complaints. Beer Advocate. What's that? I said no complaints. No complaints. Yeah. Uh, beer Advocate 4.14. There's 134 ratings. Um, hundred and actually 134 ratings, 37 reviews. So I'm curious, um, what's people are saying about this? Uh, while you look for something good, I'll say rate beer. There are 27 ratings overall, 96 and a 55 style. So there's a big difference there. Um, the average is 3.68 out of five. Yeah. Nothing fancy on here. Untapped, out of 14,000 ratings, 4.14. Damn. Which I'm pretty sure is exactly what Dustin said yeah. out of those ratings. Most of those ratings, I love this breakdown, this is so cool, uh, come from bottles. So 7,000, about half of them come just from the bottle ranking, and it's ranked the lowest out of the bottle. Which goes to show that when people take it home at the incorrect temperature, Maybe how old it is yeah. that, yeah, it goes to show that it's a little bit lower because it's not served at that correct mm-hmm. room temperature. And it does say can. And I there was only 27 ratings, so I think that was some 27 morons hitting the wrong button. Probably. Because I don't think they can dragon's milk. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know, but. I would think. A lot of, <clears throat> not a lot, but there's a 29 growler fills. I don't know if I could do a growler. No this way. Would... I mean, if you're at a big party and you're <laughs> a big party, it yeah, with like 10 people. 64 ounces of 11%. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's get a box of wine and chug it. And kill yourself. Um, I want to read this and see what you guys think. This guy on August 31st on Rate Beers gave it a 2.3. He says a lot about the color and what it looks like in his glass but i'll skip all that and say very strong with alcohol bourbon and fake cherries this could pass for paint thinner taste is just no good super strong alcohol right off the bat with fake cherry taste like some heavy duty couch syrup but i think you meant cough syrup Couch syrup. (laughs) (laughs) this might be what dr jekyll takes when he turns to mr hyde strong stuff and not in a good way interesting which i didn't get any of that 
I think it's good cherries, good chocolate, and the alcohol seems muted for the amount of that's actually in the glass. So. Yeah. I actually can taste the cough syrup, but... That's what cherries taste like. Yeah. The cherry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same flavoring they use in the cough syrup. I like cough syrup. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never put cough syrup in a uh, Bud Light, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the tussin. Yeah. Gotta get that tussin. <laughs> All right. I did check it in. I'm ready to roll. I'm about to. Tell me what you gave it. I gave it a four and a half. Stout man. Stout man. Stout. I love it. My favorite superhero. <laughs> yep. I love it. Tastes so good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> ch- chocolatey, good. Uh, I mean, up front, you kind of can get into that dragon's milk flavor, but then it's smoothed out by the chocolate and the cherry. It's not overly like abundant. It's not potent or doesn't taste potent. So I like it at four and a half. Okay. Guess what? I get a four and a half also. <laughs> Whoa. I love it. It tastes good. Keith, you better give it one too. <laughs> um, no, I'm usually not. A, well, I guess I'm getting to a stout, be a stout, a stout head. Yeah, but coming up on the time <laughs> for it too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. I'm excited for winter this year. I have to put my IPAs to the side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be hard to give up those New England. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> because they're going to be gone. <laughs> But yeah, like the chocolate and the cherry in this really kills the bourbon barrel, which is fine with me because I don't really like a heavy bourbon taste in my beer. I mm-hmm. like the hints of it is nice, but when you get these bourbon barrel aged beers and you're just drinking a glass of bourbon, that's, I'm not a fan of those. Yeah. So okay. like right here, this is right on point. Um, uh, the only thing is like there's a little bit of the alcohol burning. That's why it's not of perfect five. But other than that, I think it's a really damn good beer. Four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Are you six still? No. <laughs> Hand holding club. <laughs> um, I did pick that before you even said anything. So I know I was in the middle of typing my mm-hmm. comments and I'm like, oh man, I also <laughs> gave it a four and a half. I was so excited. Um, exactly what you guys are saying. I, I enjoy a good glass of bourbon. I also enjoy beer. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when those worlds mix, I get mixed feelings. Yeah, so I'm like, exactly. I, I want to enjoy beer, but I, I there's a time for bourbon. There's a time for beer. And this blends so well with the chocolate, with the cherry, um, and just, you know, chocolate covered cherries. That flavor works. Um, for candy, for everything else, and when you mix it in with this dragon's milk, it's just it makes for a very smooth, smooth blend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is definitely up there. And for eleven percent, I you know I never would have guessed that. No way, never would have guessed that. No, it does, definitely doesn't feel like it, and it makes me excited to want to try the other ones. I'm always on like eh, terms with dragon's milk. I'm not, yeah, yeah, that's why I was same here. That's why when this was. Uh, <laughs> Kind of like donated to mm-hmm. us. I'm like, ah, oh, Dragon's Milk. You went to New Holland. You couldn't get anything else. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, I'll give this one a try. And when I tried the first one, I'm like, oh my <laughs> good, gosh. Good right. choice. Right. And regular Dragon's Milk, as far as I know, only comes in a bomber, right? I believe. Yeah. So that's all I've ever seen. Yeah. Only around here it comes in bombers. And so if we're going to commit to a New Holland, we're getting Dragon's Milk, we're going to commit yeah. to having uh, Dragon's Milk because it doesn't really keep. I tried it. It doesn't really keep. It. Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely been a turnoff. But I mean, having this and and there's six pack, 
if I can get a six pack around here in the reserve, I might be worth playing around with it <laughs> yeah. grabbing multiples and seeing yep. if they have it on the solo racks yeah. or whatnot. So I think it's flavors. Uh, four packs it comes in oh. because of the high ABVs. Yeah. So it's the same price, but you get right. more alcohol. I think uh, Game of Thrones season one, Pale talks about Dragon's Mouth. So if you want to go listen to our thoughts on Dragon's Mouth, at mm, least Hale's thoughts, true. go back to the Game of Thrones episode. And actually... As we transition to our next movie that we talk about, I believe there was a creature that looks very similar to this in the new Ghostbusters movie. There is. There, there is. is. That's why I wanted. <laughs> to, that's why I made this connection. So I just want to make sure that you guys got that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just now. <laughs> I just now got it. <laughs> um, before we talk about that, let's talk about the real Ghostbusters. The real ones. The oh yeah. Cartoon. We'll go, we'll do this briefly. All this fake movie stuff. Let's get to the real cartoon, <laughs> the real animated <laughs> version. Yeah, this is also produced and directed by I don't know if directed, but definitely produced by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Yeah. they were were big on getting this into canon. Mm-hmm. Um, it aired September thirteenth, nineteen eighty six, to October fifth, nineteen ninety one. There are seven seasons, one hundred and forty episodes, all of which are currently on Netflix, I believe. Yes. Yes. The series follows the continue, continuing adventures of the four Ghostbusters, their secretary, Janine, and their accountant, Lewis. He's the accountant now. And their mascot, Slimer. He's their mascot now. Um, yeah, Was he even in the second movie? No. Briefly? No. No, he wasn't even in the second movie. <laughs> I, I couldn't recall if he was or not, but it's been a while since I've seen yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, he's I not mean, standing out right now. Maybe after the EPA guy like blew up the... That was the yeah. second one, right? So it was like a brief. Oh yeah, be, yeah, like yeah. Right at the end there, because mm-hmm. just... that's the reason why they went in the court because they blew up the. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, as they chase and capture rogue spirits around New York City and various other areas of the world. Uh, not to be confused with the filmation Ghostbusters that aired September eighth to December fifth, nineteen eighty six. Uh, so it premiered basically the same month. Um, in 1986, just one week earlier, based on Filmation's 1975 live-action television show, The Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters was a live-action children's sitcom that ran from 19, ran in 1975 about a team of bumbling detectives who would investigate ghostly occurrences. Fifteen episodes were produced. The show reunited Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch in the roles similar to their characters in F Troop. When Columbia Pictures started producing the Ghostbusters in 1984, it neglected the fact that Filmation had already produced a live-action comedy series with the same name in 1975. Columbia agreed to license the name from Filmation for $500,000 plus 1% of the profits, of which there were ostensibly none. Since Columbia did not want to license Filmation, the rights to the... All right, let me start that again. Since Columbia... Did not want to license Filmation the rights to the movie Ghostbusters when they were looking to produce the animated series. Filmation produced an animated version of the live-action TV series from 1975. Uh, Columbia proceeded to name their cartoon show The Real Ghostbusters to directly distinguish it from the Filmation show. That's what it was. I was wondering why they had the real on there. Yeah. So, Filmation had even gone as far as to attempt to work with Columbia and had completed initial design work for the cartoon to be based on the movie, 
Columbia changed its mind, decided not to work with Filmation, and produced the deal. The proposed deal fell through. Columbia worked with Deke instead. Um, Filmation's Louis Schmimmer. Schmimmer. <laughs> Schimer, I don't know. Later admitted, we would have asked for the animation rights for the Columbia's Ghostbusters as part of the settlement. This prompted Filmation to create the cartoon based on its former live-action series. So in the Filmation one, I remember there's like a gorilla and like two safari-looking dudes. Yes. And so it's like nothing like the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing <laughs> nothing like it at all. <laughs> but that's what the original TV show, The Ghostbusters, yeah. was. It had it's like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> the same characters, mm-hmm. pretty much, except there's a monkey. Gorilla. That is Scooby-Doo. Yeah. yeah, basically. That really is. <laughs> but they, they, yeah, they, they're, they're real ghosts instead of people in masks that they <laughs> reveal yeah. at the end. There's a whole toy series that actually existed oh, for all of this. Yeah, I remember watching that and being yep. confused. Like, where are <laughs> where, where are the real Ghostbusters? Oh, they're on this other show, The Real Ghostbusters. So weird. So, Dustin, you caught a couple of these episodes on Netflix? Or did you? Yeah, I watched a couple of them. It definitely was... Um... <clears throat> Uh, a blast from the past, yeah. for sure. Yep. I remember watching it like when it was on air or reruns of it because I was born in '87. So this ran to '91, so I was able to catch some of them. Yeah. Uh, I just remember like the the blonde mullet. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. For Harold Ramis, I'm like that doesn't even look anything like. <laughs> None of them really look like. No, they don't. in the mo- from the movie. Not at all. But it's just. Yeah, I just one that I remember was the first episode, and that was when they had the fake, uh, it's like the candy monsters or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the candy monsters. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, but I mean, the voices are kind of similar to what you would anticipate, but you know, they yeah, have the, voice actors doing them. They're like generic versions, right? Yeah. And Ernie Hudson had a bigger role, or at least sorry, yeah. <laughs> Winston had a bigger role in the cartoons. <laughs> So, so I think the guy that voiced Venkman mm-hmm. voiced the Garfield I, friends. Garfield. I just I have a whole thing I was about <laughs> ready to talk about. His Go name ahead. is Lorenzo Music. That's right. He I is knew one of the most iconic voices yeah. of the '80s and '90s and everything. The Garfield and Friends. I mean, he was forever Garfield, and yeah, he voiced Venkman, and that's why. It was weird in the new Garfield movies that came out that Bill Bill Murray Murray went back in and now he's the voice of Garfield. So, but that iconic voice of Lorenzo music, I mean, he's voiced characters in like the gummy bears and all those other things that we've talked about, those 80s cartoons. And a ton of unbelievable. So he's like the voice of our generation growing up of all those cartoon shows we used to watch. Like all the Saturday morning cartoons. I think he was on most of them. He was on all of them. Kind of like a, a nod to him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill Murray took over and did the the Garfield. So that's exciting. <laughs> there, there's a funny trivia about that. Uh, one of the a guy named Cohen produced or directed the Garfield movie, and Bill Murray confused and thought it was one of the Cohen brothers that did like <laughs> Big Lebowski or something. Yeah. But it was some other guy <laughs> that just guy. had the same last name. <laughs> so he signed on thinking it was with the Cohen brothers, but it <laughs> like without even reading the script. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how embarrassing yeah <laughs> but that's awesome <laughs> all right let's jump ships what are we doing we're here we're gonna talk about answer the call can we have a beer first <sighs> i guess <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> i feel like we just drank one oh, but i know all yeah. we do is drink on this show what is wrong 
Fine. I suppose we can have another beer. Yes. That's all I wanted. Yeah, that's good. Let me let me shuffle my notes because <laughs> you're just throwing things out in the left field. Hey, I have the beer before. Answer well, the call maybe maybe we notes. can compromise. We'll we'll drink the beer. We won't give our rating. We'll talk about the movie, and then at the end, then we can give our rating. <laughs> okay, we'll drink beer and talk about the movie. Oh, well, <laughs> what a fun All concept! Right, so we have Taxman, pineapple, orange spinoff. Ooh, this is a sour beer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be gross. We're trying to become more fans of sours. Trying to. We try. All right. So let's go get some pour. All right, the Taxman Pineapple Orange spinoff is a funky twist on their House American Saison. Spinoff is our tart Saison brewed with experimental yeast. Our late summer release showcases the flavors of the season, combining vibrant tropical pineapple with juicy orange notes. We hope you enjoy this fresh spin on a crowd favorite. Coming in at 5% ABV and 20 IBUs. That makes me laugh because I'm pretty sure the Dragon's Milk we just had was like 21 IBUs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it is their Saison. They just added special yeast I'm and juice. trying to f- remember what their American Saison is called. They all have such – is that Le Maison? Le Maison, that may be it. I have a couple Taxmans up there on my shelf. I, those, yeah, that's those are the darker the, ones, the I think. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's Le Maison – is a Belgian saison, so yeah, it's the that with pineapple, orange yeast, or whatever they said. And by they, I mean Keith. <laughs> Specialty yeast, orange, pineapple, orange can. Can. All right, it is colorful. Very it's a colorful. really cool can, like pineapple and orange colored. Yeah, they're like a bunch of like triangle type shapes in the background, like a prism. Kind of looks like the quantum realm. No, it does. <laughs> yeah, or the mirror dimension. Yeah. It's got their signature tax man, the skull with the little hat and bow tie. Um, so, yeah, keeping it horror with a spooky skull. Spooky skull. <laughs> yeah. The colors coincide with whatever the fruits are in the can, the <laughs> orange and the pineapple. I like that it has Belgian-inspired American crafted on the side, and it tells you the IBUs and ABVs. Yeah, I always like when the cans like highlight that because mm-hmm. everyone yeah. wants to know. Right. What am I getting myself into? And I think it says the same description you already read. Yeah, it does. Right. Um, oh, we got to look at cool. the color. Let's <laughs> <laughs> like drop it. <laughs> <laughs> the can is very smooth, I would it like is. to say. It I'm is. like, it's, I was expecting more grip than that as I drop it's it. It's got a weird, like, <laughs> like. It's a saran wrap type yeah, thing. Yeah, like a weird matte finish or something yeah. on it. I'm like, that is very smooth. Thankfully, yeah. that was just water that sprayed there. That was not beer. Yeah, I tried to um, add more colors to this thing. So I was looking at like what colors sours are, and I was going to make a whole new sour chart. Mm. But with this, I don't even need to. It's like no, a double IPA or something. Yeah, it's in that 13 to 14 range. So, yeah, it's part of their Saison. So just adding it, I imagine it didn't change the color a whole lot. Yeah, so it's like either the uh, Morph Ball orange or mm-hmm. Mikey's Mask. Maybe. I'm going to even go a little bit darker. Like Clayface? Or uh, Ghost Rider? 
like yeah like the double ipa ghostwriter yeah it's almost i guess it kind of reminds me of the stranger things monster maybe yeah yep so i have i have more natural light coming in yeah i was gonna say mine's like over here in the kind of a shadow so it looks a little darker yeah if i put it over here if you rotate it (laughs) i guess i can agree with you with that 15 the the ghost riders Mm -hmm. fire all right does it smell like pineapples or oranges not really Mm, smells sour you kind of get that yeah the The sour stench the kind of thing you get from sour but in your nose right Mm. and if i if i knew more (laughs) i know exactly what you're saying (laughs) i wish i had more of like terminology for sour beers and i could be like this is like a kettle sour that's why we just gotta drink more of them fermented longer in the kettle (laughs) i don't know like (laughs) i don't know i'm not really getting any fruity smells like Mm -hmm. flavors or anything like that just sour smell. Yeah. Stings the nostrils. <laughs> I I am hoping this is the opposite from the last beer that we had. It where it taste like what it smells yes. like. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that there is some... We're pa- hoping there. Yeah, some flavor here. I may be disappointed. That now. we can get behind. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Go in. Going I flipped the hat on backwards. I'm, we are I'll going in. I don't have a hat. We are going in. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely tart. tart. <laughs> <laughs> some fucking strange brew here. <laughs> oh, why did I agree that I wanted to get more sour? <laughs> However, the back end flavor after the sour goes away is pretty good. Yeah, that's the Le Mans Maison. Yeah, that's the the session that we're used to. Well, do we want to sit on this for a while and come back and rank it? Or yeah, because the more you sit with it, that sourness isn't like a huge shock to your system anymore as you drink a little bit more of it. Ah, get our palates used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be awesome. So All right. The Answer the call. Sisters. So what is that? 17? No. 20? 20? I can't think of words. 29 <laughs> years in the future? No. <laughs> 29 years from... 89 to 2016? I thought it was 87. No, it was 89. You're right. So it was uh, 27. I was right when I said 27 at first. So 27 years Mm -hmm. later, Mm -hmm. they do a reboot-cule? Yeah, whatever. We're not really sure. It references, kind of? Yeah, there's a lot of references, but it's starting over from scratch, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So this came out in 2016. I remember when it came out. Uh, I didn't go see it. <laughs> I didn't no, either. I didn't. No. There was a huge backlash over it, so I was kind of like, uh, let's let, let's let it sit there for a while, and then yeah. come back to it later when Watch everything's later. died down. Now, should we mention that this wasn't the original idea that they were going to yeah, make Ghostbusters three? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's been one. <laughs> been I came on over. trying to do a Ghostbusters three for about ten years, mm-hmm. and. Bill Murray basically said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So, And then I thought just... they were, and then What's-His-Face died. And then... Yep. 14, 2014. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were Harold almost Ramis. there. Then Harold Ramis died. Thank you. I couldn't remember his and name. Then they did the video game, which is like the PlayStation video game. Mm. And that I think it has their voices in it, maybe. And it's supposed to be kind of like a carried yeah, continuation, continuation of the story. Of the story. Okay interesting to check that out then i know i always wanted to play it It got pretty decent reviews i just don't have a system to play it on right so this movie 
Ghostbusters Answer the Call came out in July 11th, 2016. Paranormal researcher Abby Yates, played by Melissa McCarthy, and physicist Aaron Gilbert, played by Kristen Wiig, are trying to prove that ghosts exist in modern society. When strange apparitions appear in Manhattan, Gilbert and Yates turn to engineer Jillian Holtzman, played by Kate McKinnon, for help. And also joining the team is Patty Tolan, played by Leslie Jones, a lifelong New Yorker who knows the city inside and out. Armed with proton packs and plenty of attitude, the four women prepare for an epic battle for more than 1,000 mischievous ghouls Mm -hmm. descending upon Times Square. Director was Paul Frieg. And the U.S. box office numbers were 128 million, adjusted for inflation, 139. It did better than Life of the Party. <laughs> <laughs> it probably cost more too, though. It probably did because there's a lot of uh, visual effects and stuff, and probably a, just paying for the cast. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. So, I actually thought this movie was pretty funny. I liked yeah. it a lot. I wasn't sure going into it, but yeah. after watching it, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I would watch it again. Like, uh, there, there was a casting that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but it kind of warmed up to me, and that would be Kevin. Thor. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is actually a pretty funny dude, and he wants to be like in more comedies. That's why Thor Ragnarok is more of a comedy, because right. like, that's more of what he's used to doing. Right. And like I thought, yeah, at first, I wasn't like on board with him, but... I like them towards the end, like mm-hmm. a lot more. It's like, oh, I should have worked out more while I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> I really should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite character, like hundred percent, like fell in love with her as I was watching was Kate McKinnon. Yeah, yes, she was uh, great. Mm-hmm. It was like the the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was super excited. Her <laughs> attitude was quirky. Everything is just. Awesome. Yeah, I loved her on SNL for years. Like she did Hillary Clinton there for the longest mm-hmm. time, and now she's like every character, yeah. so, like Jeff Sessions and stuff. So, like after watching this movie a couple of years ago, I was like, Sarah, you know, she's gonna be really famous one day, and like this might be her worst movie, and it's still pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to see that movie which um, Spy Who Dumped Me. She's mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, she's a second. Supporter or the main supporter, yeah. next to uh, Mila Kunis, mm-hmm. if not the star, because yeah. she's the one who convinces her to be badass <laughs> and do stuff. Uh, I did not like Kristen Wiig's character, mm-hmm. probably it, because I do not like Kristen Wiig. I like her. I, I like her. It just wasn't played to her strengths. Yeah, I mean, she's more of a Kate McKinnon style yeah, character. The, she plays the goofy, exactly. dumb one, and I'm like, she's in a serious role. I'm like, I. I don't take her very she, seriously. Yeah, she's not the straight man. She shouldn't be right. playing the straight man in no. the movie. She's more <clears throat> better at those bonkers characters just like Kate McKinnon is. Yep. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a miscast. Probably, but you got to have... I mean, like, Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig go hand in hand. It's almost yeah. like the idea that you can't have a Dan Aykroyd movie without Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. So right. it's, it's the team mm-hmm. right there that makes a lot of Bridesmaids sense. Mm-hmm. and Paul Feig did Bridesmaids. So, mm-hmm. yep kind of brought those two aboard but i just think they were in a, the wrong roles maybe yeah i didn't i i wasn't too fond of melissa mccarthy's character either yeah exactly um, like they had funny moments but it was mostly her like falling down a lot yeah <laughs> like that was all the comedy of, yeah, that yeah. she did she didn't really have anything funny to say it was just like her getting hit with things right but she's way funnier than that <laughs> 
the the exorcist part was kind yes. of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the power of Patty compels <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm back already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they really spent a lot of money on the CGI mm-hmm. and I like more practical effects from the original. It just looks more realistic when it's like actual things there to look at than just like shiny cartoons floating around. Right. Um so there's a few easter eggs obviously plus mm-hmm. a couple of cameos. First easter egg would be the origin of the Ghostbusters logo. And that's basically it gave it an origin story, which it never really had yeah, before. Yeah. The origin story was the kid spray painted it on the wall, and then once Patty started throwing a fit, he spray painted the red circle Thing around it. Yeah. And then uh Holtzman was like, That looks like a pretty good logo. <laughs> Picture of it. The train in that tunnel was a nod. To the train that train scene, ran yeah. through yep. Ernie Hudson. that same thing. Yep. The electrocuted prisoner in the train tunnel is correlation to the, uh, I forget the name of the people. I said it in the earlier thing. The <clears throat> two uh, electrocuted ghosts in the courtroom scene in Ghostbusters oh, right. 2. Yep. Um, begins with ask something... Whatever, those brothers. Those brothers, yeah. Yeah. So that was a nod to them. Uh, So this is packed. Uh, The uh, Bill Murray played the basically the same character as the douchey EPA guy. Yes, he did. Dan Aykroyd played the cabbie who wouldn't take Kristen Wiig to uh, Chinatown, and at the end he's like, "I ain't scared of no ghosts," and he drives (laughs) off. Uh, Ernie Hudson played the uh, uncle, uncle, the Hearst, right. the uh, Hearst owner. owner. Yeah, I was gonna say his father, but that, he had no, more lines uncle. at the end of that movie than he did all yeah. of those. <laughs> first, yeah. did, did he have the final line of this movie? I think he did. <laughs> yeah, he was probably the last one besides the post credit. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Harold Ramis uh, died two years before this movie came out, but his son Steve was one of the metalheads in the concert. And there's also like a statue of him at some point, like a his oh, head is, is a bust like, in yeah. uh, the yeah. whatever university mm-hmm. that she was in when she got fired from. There's a Harold Ramis bust. So yeah, it's, Dan so, Aykroyd showed up too towards the end in the little taxi. Oh, he said that already. Oh, you did. <laughs> you were watching. I was watching football. TV. Uh, and then Sergoni Weaver was in the uh, lab helping mm-hmm. set up the uh, the containment unit. And <laughs> security lights are for yeah. boys, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Um, that I mean, those are just uh, a few of the nods. You saw the Ecto one played on the hearse mm-hmm. as a callback mm-hmm. to the original one. Um, there was a uh, at the in the post credits scene. Uh, there was two Easter eggs in that one. I don't so remember the, what the post credit scene was. Uh, did you even Ooh, watch it? I may have not. It was right, the so AVP. They were listening the, to the... Yeah, Patty was listening to oh, the box yeah. and she yep. said, uh, do you guys know anything about Zolt? Mm-hmm. So the sequel to this could be essentially Zolt and the Gatekeeper mm-hmm. getting the Gozer. That'd be cool. If that uh, The other Easter egg was the trap at the thing. He's, she's like, what is this for ghosts? He's, she's like, it's a nutcracker. <laughs> she's like 
For ghosts? No, for walnuts. <laughs> yeah. But in the Ghostbusters comic, there is a ghost called the Nutcracker. Uh, mm. Did not know that. I didn't know that either. So that's that's about it for stuff from me. Yeah, they, <laughs> they spent a lot of time like throwing little thing nods in there and writing yeah. the script and trying to please everybody. Right, and um, Annie Potts. I forgot Annie Potts was in there. She oh, was yeah. the desk clerk. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the so, hotel. Similar role. Uh, there was no Rick Moranis. However, Rick Moranis's character was basically Kevin. Oh, right. So yeah. Kevin was a mix it's of like a, a uh, buff, Rick. handsome. Yeah. So he, you know, put on the suit. I'm a Ghostbuster. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I helped at the end when he went and got a sandwich. And he's like, I helped. Because yeah. Rick Moranis was basically retired at this point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, overall, I really like this film. I do too. Yeah. I have the digital copy, so I can watch it again, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to maybe watch it here in a couple of weeks. It's been a while since I've seen it. Maybe. Right. It's weird because I pretty much caught all of these Easter eggs, mm-hmm. which is like a first for me. Like, I don't normally like catch everything. Well, what makes me think, too, um, Dan Aykroyd's original vision of like jumping through those portals yeah. at the end where she had to go in and exactly. like, grab That's her and pull her out. I'm like, oh, the little portal mm-hmm. thing. Going on here, bringing and that back, maybe. And then Slimer's little family driving around stealing oh, yeah, the car. That. that was pretty fun. Little shout out to Slimer because mm-hmm. he was in a hot dog stand, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like he was in the uh, original in a hot dog cart. So. Don't know how he can drive a car, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, how his hands don't go right through it, or let alone feet. And he's just a little blocked. <laughs> he doesn't reach those pedals unless there's a ghost down there. Okay, well. Now that we've sat on this for a little bit. Any better? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> now it's warm and gross. Yeah. There's um there's nothing on Beer Advocate. I looked. There is a post for a spinoff, but not the pineapple orange spinoff. And I only had two ratings and no ranking. So mm. I'm not even gonna bother with that. So nothing on Beer Advocate. Ray Beer, there's one rating. It's a 3.2, but the average is 2.98 out of 5. So however that math works out. Untapped has a 3.6 out of 433 ratings. So it looks like this has not been out very long. Yeah, it's a late summer release, so it's only been out maybe a couple months. So That's a pretty low ranking for Untapped. So I have a feeling there's not many sour fans out there. I mean, they have their own little niche, yeah, but it's it's, it's like, not a huge market. Yeah. And this is kind of a mix of sour and saison, saison so it's together. Kind of in the middle. It's not, and maybe it doesn't please either party. No the sour or the. It's saison. like I I want more saison, less sour, please. <laughs> It's just that tartness. I don't know. I've never been a fan of sour candy. I don't know if you guys were yeah. growing up because I enjoyed Warheads because those were out. Those were good, but they it got sweet. You just had to get yeah. through that sour, and then it ended really sweet, and the candy tasted great. I, mean, I think this almost does that because it like the back end of this beer is not is pretty sweet. It's just that initial sour tart. It's kind of hard to get past. Yeah, yeah, I checked it in. I'm doing that right now. I don't really. It feels unfair, but I, I did check it in. You know, having whatever rating you feel would work for you. Yeah, it. I don't know. We haven't really ranked these, so I'm like, what do I want as my baseline of 
it's okay versus blah. I, I raked it <clears throat> off my Le Maison pick. <laughs> I don't know what I gave that. I know I've had yeah, it. I'll just stick with this. I probably rated it the highest, so I'll go first. I gave it a three. I think it's a decent, like, I, being none of us like sours, I that sourness is just hard to get past. It is. But I, there is a good beer in there, which is the La Maison. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the way this beer ends is really good, and I could drink that. It's just that initial, just like the sourness of the pineapple or whatever it is, it's just, I'm not a fan of that part of it. But I'd probably keep trying it, and maybe I'll like it more in the future. I give it three and a quarter. Um, I don't usually give anything less than a three unless it's a complete horseshit. Uh <laughs> Or a couple complete, of those yeah. over there. <laughs> complete short shits. Um, <laughs> executioner. But, I mean, I gave uh, the Le Maison, I think, three and a half. And so this kind of tastes like it, just with yeah. uh, some fruit flavor and uh, some sour. I mean, I did taste the tropical fruits eventually. And I like tropical fruits, yeah. so I'm okay with that. Yeah, they're definitely pretty subtle. It's, yeah, it's got to settle a little bit in order for those fruits to come mm-hmm. out. I gave it a three as well. Um, and as I check this in, apparently I have drank 20 different sour beers on Untapped. So I'm at level four on Pucker Up Badge. <laughs> um, I'd be curious to go back and see what all those beers are that I've had. Um, but yeah, I just gave it a three. I like the the Saison. I'm pretty sure we've had that one before. Yeah, and, I was trying to um, figure out if we had it on the show before or not. I'm not sure. I think we did because I picked that one up one time. And but yeah, I mean it's just too sour. I don't like that initial pucker. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy my beer and not yeah that tartness. Not a big fan. I think a lot of people who enjoy uh, ciders mm-hmm. definitely enjoy yep. sours a little bit more. Oh, for sure. My so, wife, my wife likes them. Yeah. I mean, it's a good mix in between the two, so you can say you're getting more into the beer, beer, beer realm, beer realm, beer realm versus the cider world. So, no, oh, it's like a good transition, a good blend between most of them. But it's just, yeah, I don't want to go to the cider realm. I want to stay. Yeah, right. I can agree, definitely. <clears throat> All right, so let's recap. Ghostbusters one, classic. Ghostbusters Great. two. Yeah, uh, goofy. It's, it's fun, but <laughs> not as good. Answer the call. Check yeah, it out. It right. It's not bad. Yeah. I would I would 100% urge people to check it out. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't seen it. Stop your bias on women actors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, women can be funny, too. Yeah. Um, before we end, episode 30, the E3 recap, part one. La that's Maison? When, yep, that's when we had the Taxman Le Maison. So. Oh. And we had a hand-holding club on that one. So. Hand-holding club. So we all gave that one a three and a half? <laughs> Actually, I'll give it a four. Oh, unless I, a four? Unless I entered it wrong. Oh. Maybe you've ranked it different since then. Yeah, maybe. Because I had it at, um, when I went to Taxman, I had it. Mm. So it's interesting. So when June of 2017 you had it, you liked it a little bit more. We've had a lot of beer since then. It's we true. did. We did. All right. Let's end this shit. All right, from here at the Keith Studio House. (laughs) Yes. Until next time, drink drink up up and geek geek out. out. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network. Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. I thought we added something to that. (laughs) Where we drink beer.
Oh, and we geek out. No, it's not. Talk about <laughs> it. You're <laughs> talking yeah, about it anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that didn't sound yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is a show where we drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, brown cow. 